What's up, guys? Welcome back. Uh, this is uh, Jacob here with No Easy Buckets. Uh, we're back here uh, to head off college football season, uh, get our little gambling uh, gambling soiree back uh, with Money Mike and a new guest this year, um, Clay Hall, friend of ours from, from back home in Memphis. What's up, man? Man, just happy to be here. Really, really happy to get the invite this year. Couldn't make it last year, but excited to be part of the show this year and uh, to take down all of Mike's uh, not-so-great bets. I love it. I'm welcoming all the critique I can get. So um, we needed something to balance it out. We needed something to balance it out because you know Mike's takes were pretty hot last year. So I could sell J Mac on anything last they year. Were, they were warm. They were warm at best, but he definitely needed an alter ego to come and uh, humble him a little bit this year. And uh, if Blake Thornton can't be here to humble him, then who better than me? Big shout out to Blake already on the show. Shout out to Blake, married. <laughs> that's why he's not on the show by the way uh no um anyway so uh yeah so we we're uh we're starting out college football here obviously sports betting is legal you know sports books popping up in in our hometown in tunica shout out um but anyway we're gonna try to you know kind of we'll, we'll hit on a couple little things go through some overs some you know some win totals uh prop bets uh you know heisman stuff kind of free-flowing whatever you know wherever money mike takes us that's where we're gonna go I mean, that's just kind of how, how it happens. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I mean, Mike, did you have anything you wanted to hit on with, like, kind of the, I guess, sports betting in general? Like, we don't want to get too cliche to, like, ESPN, Fox Sports here with the sports betting is legal banner or anything. But is there anything, like, kind of that sticks out to us as, like, normal people not necessarily deep into sports media? They just kind of gamble on our own. Like, what is it? What's it, what's it mean to you? Um. The only thing it means to me is that I'm 45 minutes away from having a great Saturday and Sunday now, um, especially with, you know, doing online was really the only thing we could do unless you flew to Vegas and went to a legitimate sports book there. But, you know, with Mississippi and New Jersey and a few other states kind of popping up with with the legality of sports gambling, at least integrated in their casinos, it's just going to be a fun time. And I think it's going to be, really fun for the next couple of years and it's just perfect timing that we're all here doing season two of this basically and um getting it going but i mean i won't no, take that's credit really all i got we won't take credit for it but i mean if somebody wants to give credit then you know clay was on the move i think him and ryan were really pushing that hard to the uh, U- u.s congress but we'll see yeah, even as Tennessee residents, we're definitely pushing for Mississippi to legalize sports gambling. I think it's great for everybody. And the fact that Mississippi was there ready before they actually legalized it through the Supreme Court is, you know, Mississippi catches a bad rap a, a lot of times, but that's kind of impressive that our old state that we're all from, neither one lives in there now, but really impressive that they were at the forefront and able to get this thing rolling. And by the time college football starts, we'll be – We'll be doing live shows from there. Yeah, probably. I can't uh, wait. Definitely Sunday Sunday afternoons, <laughs> if we can, if we're alive. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's kind of interesting to me too. I mean, like out here, out here in the Bay Area, there's a little bit, there's a little bit more access uh, uh, to casinos and whatnot, and a little bit closer to Vegas. But it's the same thing. It's like, you know, it's going to be uh, just a, more readily available, uh, less less hoops to jump through. So. I'm down with it. We'll see what happens, like, you know, with the NBA and places, you know, leagues starting to sign, like, deals with sports books and with, you know, casino groups and things like that. We'll see if that changes anything drastically. But, 
you got to love uh, amateur sports and the, and the effect on it. <laughs> and I'll, we'll see. So there's the, stuff's going to go wrong. Stuff's going to happen. Can't, can't wait for that. <laughs> so can't wait for our first shaving points case to come out <laughs> next season. I think it would only be fitting for like Mississippi to have the first team that was involved in that. Maybe Southern Miss or yeah. uh, some of that nature. I'll say I'll take Alcorn State plus six hundred as the first team to be involved with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, you picked the perfect one. Can we get JUCO lines on the uh, on the card too? So we'll, we'll make that happen. Got to take Scuba Tech on all of them. Um, but yeah, so got got three of us here this year. Hey, has anybody uh, watched? What's up? Has anybody watched New Last Chance U? I watched it. What, what do we think? Honestly, I haven't watched it, so I can't give you any well, type of review. Oh, that's pretty sad. Mike. This team is uh, not. <laughs> this team is nothing compared to these. Oh, it's nothing. I mean, like you can tell, like the like the theatrics and like the video editing, like they did the same stuff they've done the past two years. But it was just like, guys, this is not. This is not the same. These are not like, all D one athletes. <laughs> This team was bragging because they have like eight to ten potential D one athletes. Like East was rocking fifteen to eighteen every year. Easy. Like they were bringing it. Yeah, it, bringing J five to the. Four I five. didn't. Uh, I know the coach caught a lot of shit, but I didn't really hate it that much. I mean, he's he was interesting. Like, I mean, at least I could tell he kind of cared a little more than like Buddy, who was just like in it for for himself. But I mean. I mean, I think they're going back there next year. We'll see what happens. But I just don't think the talent is the same. I'd enjoy, like, them playing each other next season. I don't think that – this season, I guess. But I don't think that will happen. But that that would make it must-watch TV. They should put that on ESPN. Sorry to take us off topic there, but I, I just felt like we had to touch on Last Chance U. Sorry about that. No, Last Chance U is, is, is best television of the summer so far. Um. No, so uh, – but, yeah, so sports betting, it's, it's obviously – it's obviously going to take some different forms over the next couple of years. And, you know, obviously I, I don't think this – a lot of people were like, oh, this is going to suck for the, you know, like, you know, small bookies and whatnot that we've all been using for years, you know, ever since college started. But I don't think it's really going to be that, you know, bearing – I mean, you still got the line of credit. You still got the instant messaging capabilities. You still got the – you know, the Venmo payments and the PayPal payments, like that's not going to go away with legalized sports betting. Like it's only going to really change you going on site to somewhere. That's the only thing that's really going to change. I still think you're going to have, you know, uh, the guy, the guys people have been using still, still have a you know place of business. But anyway, moving on from that. Um, yeah, Mike, last year's record, man, are you going to be able to follow it up? I should. I broke, I broke over the 50% mark. So, you know, going into week 13 last year, which was rivalry, rivalry week, if I could even say it right, I was 45-31, 41, 35-2. I'm getting my numbers all mixed up. The lock of the week was 7-4. and four. You know, the last week, rivalry week, always kind of screws you up, which yeah. ended up still finishing over 500 at 41-39-2. and two. Lock of the week was 7-5, for five, so – we won more than we lost more. I'm looking forward to another year of above 50, 50% because that's all you really want. Um, but lock of the week, that was always fun. Um, this year, we'll see how it goes. I think I've got one lock of the week at least this time for one of the futures. But yeah, other than that, you know, we're just going to take it week by week and see what we can handle. Yeah, we'll have to get uh, 
I'll take Clay's uh, Clay's lock of the week just to kind of get you off your high horse. I mean, you gotta you gotta have a better record than last year. You gotta you gotta follow it up season two with a little bit more. Yeah, as long as I don't yeah, there's have a no small horse lock, Mike. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, start off for us, Mike. Where did you want to go? Kind of like, you know, season starts what like two weeks. Um, yeah. Kind of the well, actually the end of first, August. Yeah, we are. We're recording now on Tuesday, so not this Saturday, but next yeah, Saturday is actually four football games. Um, very crappy football games, but they're football games. So I guess in all reality, football does start next Saturday, but for everybody else that really cares, it's Labor Day weekend. And <laughs> we've got – so you got plenty of time to make your deposits, get yourself going at least on a few lines to start off. Um, realizing that futures bets aren't going to pay until December, possibly January. So keep that in mind, folks. But the only thing I've got up front for me and Clay to talk about, at least from college football standpoint, is talking about mainly the SEC and Tiger High on regular season wins. Um, some notable ones I like, at least in particular, I'm putting money down on. Got some random player props, national champion Heisman, other miscellaneous ones I want to go over. And hopefully, if we have enough time, we can talk about some Labor Day football games that are coming up, at least hear some takes on the yeah. big notable ones, especially I want to hear Clay's uh, pessimistic view on the Texas Tech Ole Miss game. That's very funny you say that, Mike. I really appreciate that one. Well, you also uh, have we can, uh, Yeah. You also we have the – yeah, get into, get into the win totals, Mike. Get into the win totals. Uh, you want to start out with uh, SEC? Just go into it? Yeah, we'll start off with SEC. And this one was the first one, really, that caught my eye as I go through all 85 different ones on Bovada's website. It's kind of overwhelming. So I'm like, all right, what teams do I really know? Um, first one, I think, is definitely right up the alley of making some money is Texas A&M, their regular season total sets the line at seven and a half could be different on different sites depending on where you're at but according to Bovada at seven and a half you got Jimbo Fisher just coming on with a 75 million dollar contract um, dude's getting paid to coach you know for 10 years in a 10-year contract or something like that you know it's 10, 10 years 75 million I believe 10, yeah the heat's on needless to say but I mean they've got a they got a hell of a first month. They got Clemson and Bama in the first – in September. Um, how did they – Clemson, can we just talk about that? Like, how did A&M have a game with Clemson? Why would they schedule that? Yeah, I, I mean, that, that was probably booked three years in advance, four years in advance possibly. So, that was probably when they were on their top with Johnny Menzel up there getting that 10-win season. Who knows? I, yeah, that probably I, I just don't think that risk – I don't think the risk rewards worth it to to get Clemson as a non conference game. They're they're basically the Bama of outside the SEC, are they not? Pretty yeah. much. I mean, Jimbo yeah. just can't get away from Clemson and Jimbo. Uh, not I mean, Jimbo. You cannot, play uh, Dabo. The, you cannot play in the SEC West and get those type of non conference games because you're inside your division is just too hard, especially as a team as A and M over under seven and a half. I'm with you, Mike, under. I, I, I don't see how they get seven, honestly. Yeah, because, I mean, you got 
you got the SEC West, of course, you got to play. That's six games right there that are never guaranteed. You got October with South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Auburn all on the road, all three straight weeks in a row. So that's just a gauntlet in itself, uh, particularly Mississippi State. I'm kidding. Plus, they've beaten, they hadn't beaten LSU since they've entered the SEC. So I'm going to keep that trend going, which puts us at hey, seven. Well, that's let true. me make let me go opposite opposite for you. In the first time of the pod's history, Jacob, write this down. I will say they finally beat LSU this year, but I still got them under seven and a half. Yeah, they may beat LSU, but they'll find a way to drop the ball on a few other games. All we need is seven. seventh win. That might be the seventh win. But I will you get go that written down, get Jacob. It. We need that. I'm writing yes. it down. Got it on the whiteboard. But I will take the other hot take of Texas A&M, and let's just put it on record. They are at the Liberty Bowl. Oh. We'll Shot. see. Ooh. We'll see. Jimbo we'll see boys on, on Bill Street. We'll see them. Jimbo hey, Fisher? I'll be honest. $75 million to go a long way here in Memphis with us. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I can so see Jimbo, like, not letting them stay at the Peabody. Like – because both teams always stay, like, in the, in the hotel. But I could see, like, him just saying, like, oh, no, we're staying, like, outside the city. We're going to stay in South Haven. We're going to stay in Millington. Yeah, yeah just like some <laughs> – like, just the players just absolutely hate the bowl trip. It's probably what they yeah. deserve. Uh, yeah. That's but so I would, funny to me. <laughs> I would say uh, – I would say under as well, just because, like, I mean, I, I was watching a little bit of – I started dabbling. I mean, I've been, I was pretty deep in the NBA through free agency. Hadn't really jumped into college football yet, but I was watching a little bit of the SEC Network, and they were talking about the quarterback competition um, over at A&M. And I was like, these, both these guys played last year, and neither were that good at all. Like, I, I just don't think you're going to play that schedule with the out-of-conference game that we talked about with Clemson. I don't think you're winning seven – like, I don't think you're winning eight games. I, I it's not, it's not I don't see eight on the schedule for him. I don't see that. They really have to catch somebody on off guard. Like, if they can go get, like, a a South Carolina road win or even sneak out one against Mississippi State, which I think those are the most two possible road games they could go out and win. Um, but I don't see them doing it. But. Yeah, I'm, hope, I'm hoping so, too, because I think that's my I most – I mean, they haven't even – they haven't been relevant since that time. They were a fraud, but were in the playoff before they lost at Starkville. And then they lost in College Station the next week when Shea Patterson played the only good quarter of his college career. And they were mm. a fraud then. Good times. Pretty much. Still a fraud now. That's, so what, they're ba- that's what they're basing his Heisman odds off of is that quarter. That's what I heard. That one quarter. It's yeah. I mean, I, they referenced it, which is kind of it's, – it's out there. I don't know if I would suggest that, but, I mean – Whatever. I don't um, remember watching that in the bar. That was I was like every Ole Miss fan just. I'm gonna throw this. I'm gonna throw this out there. They may not win a game in October. Like I could see them going winless in October. Well, November third is Auburn. That's the first November. But like they may lose those four straight games with Kentucky, Carolina State, and Auburn. That would be that's 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 when Jimbo's gonna feel it, right there. <laughs> He's gonna feel the West. He's like, get me to Thanksgiving, please, UAB. <laughs> UAP, but uh, hey, just, so we all three had them under, right? Yeah, we're all in agreement there that Jimbo's going seven. Hey, can we just? I'm I'm just looking over the schedule now. Talking about going 
road game at South Carolina, bye week, road game at Mississippi State, and then another road game at Auburn the next week. That's as, that's as brutal as it gets. Yeah, Kentucky's not an easy game. I mean, they, they I think that they lose – they lost to them last year, I think. I'm not positive. Don't quote me on that, but it really doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, that's a tough – that's a tough road, though. It is. But uh, on to bigger and better things. I've got another one. We're going on the east side this time, at least from the SEC. Uh, Mizzou, University of Missouri Tigers, their total six and a half, which I'm going to go ahead and say now I think that's low. Uh, I love the over here. And uh, I remember texting you the other night just saying, like, Derek Dooley, offensive coordinator, <laughs> offensive coordinator, like, when did this happen? This was like a fly-by-night thing. <laughs> Oh my god! I don't even know what happened there. Um, but if when you was that just, announced, I just did not. That was I, they, Missouri kept that under wraps for good reason. I can honestly respect them for that. Like I, they probably didn't announce it nationally, which you know that's probably a good call. No, they probably didn't. There wasn't a woge bomb on that you're, one. You're not releasing a press release to brag about hiring Derek Dooley. Yeah. No, that's not happening. No, he's still kind of a a joke for the SEC standpoint. But I mean, so did Jerry did Jerry Jones just blow out the whole wide receiver unit coaches and all in Dallas because they got rid of of Dez, and obviously, their Dewey left. So and they brought in Tavon Austin. So did they just clean out house? Is that what they did there? Pretty much. Get off topic. Cole Beasley still there? I think he's running drag routes right now. <laughs> I mean, he's 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 Dak's favorite target. So I mean, they, I think they're in good shape. <laughs> Go ahead and grab him in a PPR. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to weigh the loss of Dooley on Dallas's offense this year. I mean, that's going to they're going to they're going to suffer. No, but here Columbia. Here's my substance, at least for Missouri. You look at last year; they had the worst start. They went one and five to start, and then they won seven straight games. They went 7-0 and against teams that didn't make a bowl last year, and they went 0-6 against teams that did. That's pretty pretty interesting, at least to say the least on them. Pretty cut and dry. <laughs> it is very cut and dry. They busted up the bottom feeder teams, beating everybody in the East pretty much, who pretty much everybody in the East cleaned house and changed, changed coaches, especially Florida and Tennessee, so you got that to run with. But I'm not going to discount the best offense in the SEC last year. Uh, Drew Locke, he's a he's a dark horse for the Heisman. Uh, their offensive line's all back, and they've got really easy home games. UT Martin, Wyoming, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Memphis, a.k.a. Tiger High, and Arkansas. Ooh. I did not know they were playing Memphis. They are. I, how, I great of a non, <laughs> how great of a non-conference game is that? Can we just talk about that for a oh second? Like, why would Memphis go to Mizzou? Well, 2019 is going to be lit because they're coming here. I'm pretty sure they're coming here. Is that Why would Missouri come to Memphis? Dude, it's Why would they come to Memphis, really? It makes sense for Ole Miss and State to come to Memphis, but Arkansas doesn't come to Memphis. Why would Mizzou? Can we all agree that we're taking the over in that game, regardless? Oh, yeah. I just wish it was on a Friday night. If it was on a Friday night, then they're not winning that. Oh, then Memphis, Memphis knows how to play Friday nights. Yeah, if anybody knows how to play Friday nights, it's Tiger High. And, and they're, they're out of conference game on the road. Is that Purdue? I mean, 
you can't get a better draw than that to get your Power Five opponent being Purdue out on the road. Those engineering kids at Purdue aren't spending their Saturday nights at the stadium. No, I mean they're, they're no. I think they did they lose to Purdue. I think they lost to Purdue last year, but I mean I don't think you're going to let. I, I think they did early. They got ran out by them early, but Mizzou was hot to end the year. We'll say right. we'll, we'll agree on that. All right, so I think we all agree there that Mizzou's going over. Big shout out to Mizzou. What's Big the next one, Mike? You tell us. Let me see here. We've got Kentucky. I mean Kentucky. Uh, five and a half wins. Was that a dad joke? Did I hear a dad joke in there? <laughs> it's a solid dad joke. Um, we can't even throw that one out. Can't get enough of that money, money Mike. The Bluegrass State. We'll, we'll go ahead and just say that they're not set up for a bowl game this year. Um, only winnable games I see on their schedule are Central Michigan, Murray State, and Vanderbilt. You got to host both bullies, Georgia and Mississippi State. The Gamecocks as well. I don't think those are going to be pretty home games. So you got to go to two Mizzou, which we already know they're winning. Florida, A&M, Tennessee, and Louisville, which is the last game of the year. I mean, Louisville's kind of questionable anyway right now, but I don't think they're losing their last game at home against Kentucky. I think they stay at five wins. We keep the under. I'm, I'm keeping it at that. Oh, keeping them the under. Um, I'm in complete agreement. I think they're the under two. I, I really, it just doesn't set up well for them. I think the traditional powers of the East who have fallen back in recent years, Florida and Tennessee, I think with new head coaches this year, they beat them. And there's just not a lot of wins on Kentucky's schedule. It never sets up well for them. It's like Vandy. But they're catching a hot Mississippi State team, even as a home game. South Carolina's at home. And they beat South Carolina on the road last year. But that was kind of a fluke before Muschamp and the boys got it rolling. Oh, yeah. You're right. I, honestly, I I think it's like four. I, I don't see a lot for them there. I mean, I think I don't. I think we all can agree. Like Kentucky to get to five or six wins every each year, they always rely on like upsetting some SEC team at their place. Like it happens. We got beat there. State got beat there. Like they've beaten Florida there. Like Tennessee. Like that. That one of those games is going to have to happen for them to, to for them to get six wins. And I just don't think like we we're seeing four wins, so I think that upset is probably going to be at five. So I I just don't see that sixth one to where we'd have to worry about it. I mean, even Middle Tennessee, like that's not going to be a game that's easy for them. I'm pretty sure they struggled with that game last year if they played them. Um, and like Central Michigan, like that team went to a bowl game too. Like the Snakes aren't easy teams. I mean, it, it's just like the Stoops. He got it done for a second, but in the grand scheme of things, he didn't even get it done when. Florida and Tennessee are as bad as they are. Like, if you were ever going to win the East, it was it was going to be then because, like, Kentucky cannot compete on the same field as Tennessee and Florida and Georgia. That's just it's not fair. I mean, tell me if this comparison is, like, off. But I feel like Stoops in his time at Florida, it, it didn't exactly mirror the, the length of time. But he's kind of like a poor man's Dan Mullen where – like he would like kind of overachieve, but like let you down in, in, in most of the big moments and didn't take <laughs> advantage of certain years where he should have. And I mean, like obviously poor man's because they didn't have the, the number of wins, but I kind of feel like that's what it was. Like you weren't going to ever consistently compete with Florida and Georgia, but like when you, when they were both down and didn't have the coaches and the quarterbacks, like you just kind of like you shit the bed. <laughs> He, hell, he was 5-0 and that time at Florida when they should have won in overtime. 
and he lost and then lost seven straight to miss a bowl. I mean, That's think insane. about and that was a Florida team. That was a Will Muschamp Florida team, which if we can all pour a little drink out for those Will Muschamp Florida teams, because how great oh, were those teams? So long oh. ago. <laughs> that seems like so long ago. And from from what I hear, everyone loves Mullen compared to a Will Muschamp, which is no surprise. Oh yeah, but the but I digress on Mullen. So. But we know we know Kentucky is 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 solid for at least a four game losing streak each year, probably. So I would I would it's a pretty safe bet that from from you know end of September through the beginning of November, they they might not win a game, at most maybe one. So they'll be probably a fun team to like at least target each week, you know, from a gambling perspective. Because you know, it, it, you know, once we see kind of how like Tennessee and, and like and Florida and stuff are playing, like my my like my love for UMass. Oh man, like your love for UMass. We targeted him so many times, let down so many times. Uh, but anyway, what's up next? You had uh, so we took uh, Kentucky was five and a half. We're still in under there. Uh, unless something crazy happens to some team in the East, I don't see them uh, winning, winning more than five games. No bowl for them. Um, so that was kind of uh, – did you want to stay in the SEC for any any more totals or what was uh, – what's up next, Mike? Yeah, well, uh, I'll let Clay lead the way here with uh, Ole Miss with the six-win total here, a.k.a. Landshark Tony. Uh, we'll give him the floor on that. And I'll I'll talk about Mississippi State. Eight and a half win total here, Absolutely. and then we'll both we'll both have a good debate here on Tiger High, of course, with eight and a half. So I'll let I'll let Landshark Tony start it off. I appreciate you giving me the floor, Mike. But uh, can I just ask a question? Should it be illegal for there to be solid numbers as the win totals? Can we agree on that? I, I would one hundred percent agree. It, it should always be halves, correct? There, I mean, there's nothing fun about a push on a season win total if you're going to tie your money up for four months, correct? Right. Earning zero interest, you're right. Zero interest. We're not giving away interest-free loans. The six wins for the Rebels is uh, – if there was a push option, I would take it because I honestly think it's a six-win team. I, I think if they win against Texas Tech, they could potentially get seven – because I think that Texas Tech game just sets so much of a bar for what happens. I mean, that's a neutral site game against a Texas Tech team that honestly is not very good. It's just a middle-of-the-road Big 12 team at best who you should be able to score a ton of points against. Your defense is questionable. You don't know that. But if you lose that game, it hates, It pains me to say this, as big as fans I am, but I think 4-8 and eight could potentially be in question, could be in play, excuse me, if if you were to lose that game. But since I'm an Ole Miss grad and owner of two degrees from there, I'm going to take over six wins just to go against Money Mike. I love it. I'm, I'm just like you, man. I'll, I'll take the push all day long on that. A six right on the button. Um, the the Texas Tech game is, is very interesting given the fact that Ole Miss does have pretty decent success on neutral fields. Um, you know, beginning of seasons, I was talking to my hey, uncle. They, hey, as a lifelong fan, I will say they beat Texas Tech in the Cotton Bowl that year. They went eleven and one, but in two regular season games in my childhood, Eli got toyed on by the boys from Texas Tech. So that's all I'll say. Where's we'll the field? Where are they playing? Houston Reliance Houston. Stadium. 
Oh. Yeah, it'll be I a... I mean, honestly, I, I don't hate to dog on my boys, but is there a worse neutral site, like, first weekend game than Ole Miss-Texas Tech? Like, who who is high on either of those teams now? I, I would say it's going to be pretty tough to, like, to outclass that game to get, the worst of the opening weekend, probably. Will there be 45,000 there? Hey, can we get our first prop bet on attendance at – what are we saying for that game at Reliant? It's called – I think it's called Nat G Stadium now. It's not relying anymore when y'all played there. Uh, Lion Stadium attendance. Yeah, I'm trying to look up the seat total. Uh, I say though, like under forty five thousand for sure. I mean, I just don't think I, you're gonna I have. Think, Go ahead. I think forty five thousand is the number. Where are you going on that one, Mike? Hmm. I'm gonna go under there. Um. I know Texas Tech will bring a crowd, and surely Ole Miss will because – Lubbock is on the west side of the state from Houston. Oh, it's a and long they're not hyped. It's like an eight-hour drive. It's longer than that. They're not hyped on Kingsbury either. I mean, Kingsbury's on his last if – if he loses to Ole Miss, Kingsbury's seat is hot. First time take of the year, Kingsbury seat's getting hot early, boys. Woo! It, it will get hot early. And uh, if you notice on Bovada, they have a very low over-under win total. So expectations even from the bookie side is not great. I think it's five and a half if, I'm, if anybody wants to fact check me there. But back to Ole Miss, if they can win a game in Houston against Texas Tech, yeah, six, seven wins is very, very possible. Southern Illinois, Kent State, Louisiana Monroe, those are their other three non-conference games all at home. That's four wins right there. Um, at Arkansas, we know Ole Miss is – that's their kryptonite, Arkansas. But, you know, on an upscale or on a building year for Arkansas, going to Little Rock actually this year, it's not available. So Ole Miss may have a chance. Um, hey, we won there. We won there in twelve threes his first year on a last second field goal. Big shout out. Well, that's what I'm saying. Hey, first shoot free shout out of the year. Like Fayetteville is apparently a good place for Mississippi State to play, but it's not a great place. Uh, Little Rock's not a good place for Mississippi State to play. We've seen that, and it's opposite for Ole Miss. So if I'm going to be, you know, leaning to and then you've got Vanderbilt, which is a should be a given in Nashville. Um, is it so, is this his last year? Should we discuss that? Is this I his think, last year there? I, I would say Eric, so. Mason? Yeah. His, yeah. Their Eric, win total is like Eric three Mason, and a half. It's four. Oh, okay. Like I said, that but it, should that be, doesn't matter. We go, it should be illegal <laughs> with the half points here. But, but, but he got a contract extension solely off beating Ole Miss and Shea Patterson when he only scored 10 points up there. And beating Tennessee, he got a four-year extension, so it'll be difficult for them to pull the string on him. I don't right. think that's getting away from where we're at. I don't think they're getting rid of him. I wanted to ask you though, kind of going after like, uh, you know, how we had the they had the prop bets on, or they had the uh, odds on like who was going to trade for Kawhi. Who's the first team that hires Hugh Freeze? Do you think we can get odds on that, or like, do you think it's like they're not going to put non B one teams in there? Because <laughs> that's probably where he, this is, he might land. <laughs> He may end Man, up at – go ahead, Clay. The way, the way they shut down every opportunity that a team tried to hire him – because don't get me wrong, Nick Saban would hire him as offensive analyst. 
I mean, you know, like the rumors were that four or five SEC teams tried to hire him. But what's his name? Who's the commissioner of the SEC these days? It's not Slive anymore. It's uh, – uh, I'll find his uh, plug Anyways, he, he put his foot down on any opportunity of hiring Hugh Freeze. So, I don't, I don't see that changing – Anytime soon, to be Greg, completely honest. Greg Sankey. Greg Sankey, that's exactly his name. There's no way he's yeah. letting him out. They're not letting him back in. Yeah, I mean, if he put down his foot on getting him hired this year, then what would make you think, you know, he would let up next year? I, it's an interesting situation, man. It, I mean, look where Art Briles went. He went to Italy. He's coaching oh, an shit. Italian football team. I don't know if y'all saw that. Um, of course, his situation with his t- tenure at Baylor was a little bit different, a little bit worse. Didn't but, somebody try to hire him though, like a year after that? Um, Auburn, was, Auburn yeah, tried to get through OC or something. It was just like, guys, <laughs> come on, it's like let's cool off with that. Um, no, but I would love to see Hugh Freeze coaching like, uh, you know how they're like revamping or they're trying to get like football going in England. I would love for them to just make a splash and hire him over there. That would be good. That would be great. That would be fun. You know what the craziest thing about Hugh Freeze is getting off topic is the fact that as good as he was, he's not even like a good offensive or defensive coach. Like his offensive plays were terrible. He got our best defensive player hired on offense in Memphis and they were terrible. His plays were always terrible. We would throw wide receiver picks. We would do whatever. Mm-hmm. But he would just put together enough talent where it didn't matter. You could overall always overcome. I just remember Moncrief throwing a, throwing a touchdown against Memphis. No, Treadwell did. Oh, Treadwell, my bad. Yeah, and the year before at Alabama, Treadwell threw the pick on the wide receiver pass because why is Treadwell throwing a pass? Which Do you all think Treadwell will finally get to play in Minnesota or what? No. No, he's not. He's not. He's not sniffing the. He's not going to get three on 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 the field in like three three wide receiver sets. I don't think so. Like, I mean, it just complete. I don't know. It's just it just, not, didn't, it just didn't work out. Just didn't work out. I mean, his. Uh, I just some people just can't get separation in the NFL, man. That's why you see those like rando guys from like D two schools that they'll have a better career than like your top fifteen pick from the SEC. It's just like, you know, it's just a different game. They know how to run routes. Yeah. That's the main thing. Yeah. Can we get a prop bet on if two out of three of Ole Miss's first round picks that year are in the league this time next year with Kimbichi and uh, Quan? Because mm. the the uh, rookie draft contracts are uh, three year, fourth year player option. I would say Treadwell is out, and Kimbichi probably stays just because of like the position he plays. I think he's in. I mean, look at yeah. look at uh, Autry from uh, Mississippi State. Like he was highly like one of the number one JUCO defensive players coming out to go to Mississippi State. He underwhelmed, like extraordinarily underwhelmed, and then now he's actually a significant role player for, him, which shocked me in itself. So I mean, I think Kim D- Kim Dietschy could do the same thing, become one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're talking about the number one JUCO – I mean, the number one high school player of all time. Or not all time, but of his class. 
who is obviously a freak, who obviously has off-the-field issues, who's gotten lazier over the years. I think there's a point where they finally just – I mean, if the guy's giving you 10 snaps a game as a first-round pick, what's the point? No, that's a waste of yeah. money. You're right. I think the I think the odds are you need to take him to like within the next twelve months. Is he have a YouTube account and he's vlogging? I think that's his next move. I mean, he seems like the kind of guy that's going to be the, jumping into that generation. Maybe so. So we're going to lead off episode two with a prop bet of what Robert Kimbici's uh, next YouTube show will be called. Yeah, what is <laughs> I? I could see uh, him getting tapped for a YouTube talk show. You know, like uh, oh, him and Denny, him and Denny too, because Denny, Denny always told him he was never going to be around in the NFL, and then he was always around, and Rob hadn't made it. So, what do you know? Oh yeah, well, they'll, they'll, I didn't even think about that. They'll host together. We can get him on here, right? <laughs> yeah, I got connection. I got so, connection. We'll figure it out. So, uh, we'll, we'll turn the attention now off the uh, Hugh Freeze Kimbichi talk to Mississippi State Bulldogs, led by a. Knee repaired Nick <laughs> Fitzgerald at eight and a half wins. And I'll just – I'll keep it short and sweet, but I'm taking under because I went to Ole Miss and I hate Mississippi State. <laughs> I love it. Pretty solid. You, solid you know, facts there. Overall, I'm going to totally agree with you. I'm taking the under on that. Oh. Um, not just because I want to hedge my emotional bets – at least from, you know, looking at the schedule. But it's it's a make-or-break type year. I mean, you got – I think Kansas State sets the tone in week two in Manhattan. Um, it is nice that Manhattan is a – I just see I just saw this now. It's 11 o'clock kickoff. So, Manhattan at night is pretty crazy. Um, but I think with 11 o'clock kickoff for week two, that's going to play a different role. Um, you can go 4-0 and rolling into Florida at home with probably the most hyped game on Mississippi State's calendar this year uh, with Mullen coming back on such a, you know, soreness, at least from fans. I don't know if it's good or bad, but both teams are looking at that like uh, Florida's going to play for the coach. Mississippi State's going to play for themselves to, you know, show Mullen, hey, here's what, what happened. But I think – those first four games, if you're 4-0 going into Florida, at home you got Florida and Auburn back-to-back home games. Um, then you got to go to LSU. We're never successful at LSU, but, you know, besides one year. Um, La Tech, Arkansas at home. I mean, you got, you got seven wins in the bag, I think. But that's eight and nine games. That's going to come down to – whether you show up in the Egg Bowl and whether you can slip one away at LSU or you can make some big home stands against Florida and or Auburn. So I'm keeping it under just because I'm I'm staying with eight. Yeah. Even though I opened this segment, I want to uh, chime back in just to point on Mike's talk. But uh, I was just curious, maybe Mississippi State boys would have this research, but what were the win totals for those DAC years that went so well? I was wondering if eight and a half was honestly as high as it got. Is that mm, – I, I, I would doubt that it was that high. I don't think it was. Definitely, I, not, the, I de- definitely he, not the year we went to the Orange Bowl. Because he shocked the world at LSU. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did. That's where he really got his, I guess, and national. That's where he was number one in Heisman. Yeah, then we got the number one – the first number one – 
college football playoff ranking, which I'm still bewildered by that hey, to this day. That'll, no. be, that'll be an answer to a trivia question for the end of time. Always remember. No, more bewildered than that will be the fact that Ole Miss and State were both in it. One and two. Oh, man, those are the days. Were, were they really one and two? I th- mm, no, maybe actually it was Mississippi State, Florida State, Ole I think, Miss. I think maybe. they were one and two, or I think they were one and two before the playoff rankings. They were. They were because they had the Sports Illustrated article right. with one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Yeah. Um, that was big. But, I mean, to to go back to the schedule. Um, please, please take us back. At LSU, at Alabama. At Ole Miss, those are three. I mean, that happens every other year. Usually you lose all three of those. The weird part is, at least from the Egg Bowl history, I've been to – I think this will be my 11th or 12th Egg Bowl to go actually witness in person. Just a fun fact there. Um, I'm not afraid to go to Oxford. I know Clay's never been, never been brave enough to step into Starkville for an Egg Bowl. Hey, but... whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I sat for four quarters in an overtime session in an egg bowl where our quarterback fumbled going into the end zone one Check time. So, oh, you were there. You were there with the Bro Wallace uh, Nico Whitley showdown. The Nico Whitley showdown, yeah. Bo got him back in Oxford next year, though, when he kept him out of the playoff. Big shout out to Bo Wallace <laughs> one time. I still want to know what he said in his ear after that. I uh, I was in that end zone. Like I was on the sideline in that end zone. Hey, 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 we got we got kids. We got kids listening to the pod. We cannot say what Nico Whitley said there. Probably not. But the point of the matter is, the past three years, I think the road team has won. Correct Ooh. me if I'm wrong. And also, the past three years, the team that all year you would have expected to win has not won. Exactly. Oh. So this is going to be a classic. Do we not agree? No, no, I, I, I agree. agree. I think the Vegas favorite will be Mississippi State going into that game. Like that's hands down. Um, I mean, you never would have thought you never would have thought Dak would have lost his senior night, and then you would have not thought that Chad Kelly would lose his senior night, and then he gets hurt two weeks before it, and they lose by thirty-five. And then last year, you obviously don't think Ole Miss wins there. I, the Egg Bowl, all things go out the book. And oh, you're right. It's all about how this new offense with with Joe Moorhead comes into play. I mean, it is a run-pass option type style, similar to what Mullen ran, but it's going to be a little bit more pass-heavy, I think, and they're really going to test out Nick's arm, at least from a deep ball standpoint. You'll see a lot more 20, 25-yard-plus balls being thrown. But another fun fact, Nick Fitzgerald's actually like 200 and – uh, you have to look up the number. It's like two or 300 yards rushing-wise to beat Tim Tebow's all-time rushing record for NCAA quarterback. Um, he'll get that in week four. Do we, that means do, we think Nick, do we think Nick Fitzgerald can make those throws? Do we? No. I don't think he will make them consistently. I think his 20-plus yard balls, he'll probably throw – they'll be 50-50s. Does anybody I think we can both agree – does anybody yeah, want to, to make those throws for him to go over eight and a half wins? Is it? Does anybody think that there's a chance he's not the starting quarterback at the end of the season? <laughs> is that a joke? Nick no, Fitzgerald. 
I'm talking about the guy who uh, Thompson who played in our bowl game last year. No, I mean I think Keaton Keaton Thompson. He's good. I'm just saying. I'm just saying like if because like obviously we've talked about like the the new offense that Moorhead has and how it's like you know he's it's a, it's, a, it's you know it's downfield passing offense. Like I mean if he starts out, he has no loyalty to Fitzgerald. I'm not saying I'm not trying to get into like a you know a personality thing, but like. If he's trying to make a splash in year one and Thompson's right there, obviously, you know, won in a ball game last year, I think he plays this season at least. And if he's if he hit if he takes if he takes off, then I could definitely see. It. I mean, Fitzgerald can't Nick can't make the throws. At least he hasn't. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, if he's getting eight carries and sixty yards running the ball, I think he's gonna stay on the field. He will. Very so. well could. But I think there's a chance that that uh, that you know, he's not the he's not the guy at the end. But I would take us, I would probably take us on. I mean, what, take us right at eight wins. What game would he like lose his job by? How how would he not be the starter all year? I'm just saying. I was just saying that's a you know I, something I was thinking about the other day. Just like you know that it could be uh, you know maybe he starts slow from his injury or just. You know, maybe Moorhead sees something that he likes in Thompson better. I mean, kind of a wild card there. I mean, we're we're thinking that, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a different coach, so I don't know. No, he is, but I think uh, it's either going to be injury-related or he's got to have a rough first three or four weeks in order yeah. for that job to be in the air. But moving on, uh, let's talk about Tiger High for a second because – we yeah, obviously know real, that's real quick so we can get to those Heisman lines. Our favorite Friday night football club, at least from the um, if you're not watching them, if you're not watching Memphis on Friday night, then you're not really a fan of our pod. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, if you're not there, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'll probably be at two games, maybe three. Maybe we could do a uh, Tiger Lane live pod, that would probably be fun. Actually, not really. Um, Tiger Lane's about as oh, excited. Oh, we can do it first. We can do it first. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, how many Friday do they have? Do they have all the Friday games listed already at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. We got. Uh, judging by the schedule, we got Georgia State on September fourteenth, which is uh, my sister and Tyson's birthday. So rest in peace, of Tyson, my best friend out there. And then we got uh, Tulane. They play at Tulane on a Friday night, September 28th, which is the day Gary Barrett, Gary Parrish is hosting his show at the Bluff. And it's actually at Yulman Stadium, Tulane's new on-campus stadium, not even at the Sugar Bowl. I mean, surely Memphis can get in the Sugar Bowl, right? Yeah. No, and uh, isn't it the Super Bowl? the rest of the schedule. Yeah, not the Sugar Bowl, the Superdome. Sorry, I'm I'm got a fact check there. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's the Superdome. I'm sorry about that. Hopefully, we'll get uh, Jacob to edit that out. Not gonna happen. But <laughs> the last Friday night of the year, or the second to last, they're playing at SMU on a you know, Friday night at 8 p.m. There's four Friday night so games. The, four Friday nights. SMU and Houston. Memphis, we had them at eight and a half. Yeah, there is an eight and a half up there. Now, I think it's an under. And the only reason why is I, I don't think they win at Navy week two. Um, 
they should have lost to Navy last year. They got they got pretty lucky towards the end of that game. And I think we had – I had Navy on winning that game on the pod last year. And it came down to a last last quarter effort by Memphis. They don't have a Riley Ferguson. They're questionable on the quarterback. But, I mean, they got a good quarterback. They won't have a bad one, needless to say. They moved uh, – who was the running back last year? They moved him to slot. What Was it Miller? Yeah, Anthony, Anthony Miller, he went to the Chicago Bears. No, not Miller. Who's the other running back they had who was good? Tony Pollard. They had uh, Darrell Henderson from Sal Panola, who Hugh Freeze wouldn't recruit, who's now a first-team all-conference guy. Well, wasn't it the guy who didn't play in the Liberty Bowl against Iowa State? Um, was that Anthony Miller, too? Or who was that? No, Anthony Miller's playing his last game at Memphis. It doesn't matter. They changed change some running back to a wide receiver. That That's besides the point. I just wanted to say that they don't have a Riley Ferguson this year. Um, they've got Navy. That's I'm going to tag that as a loss. They're going to lose to Central Florida again as bad as I want them to win that game. Of course, that'll be a big crowd. I think that'll be their biggest crowd of the year. Um, Missouri, that's a loss. I think Missouri gets it done. Um, Houston, at the end of the year, they'll end up winning. But I just think they stay stagnant at eight. Somehow, some way. Just just a crappy resident is all I can say about that, Mike. I'm going over because I live in the city. I pay taxes to the city of Memphis, and I love this city. And I think they <laughs> win nine, to be completely honest. I, I, I think Mike Norvell's got it honestly clicking over there. He kind of finds his niche on getting these, like, three-star guys and the occasional four-star guys. And I think he's going to replace it. they got Darrell Henderson, Tony Pollard coming back. And that schedule, I mean, if you're going to catch a Power 5 team, is Mizzou the worst one to catch? You catch them on an off day? Yeah, going to Navy, and they've had Navy issues before. And kept them out of a uh, – kept Paxton Lynch, which – tough week for Paxton Lynch, are we right? Oh, right. that is a tough one. But, I mean, you get UCF at home with a new coach, which who's the new coach again? It's not coming to mind. For Missouri? UCF? U- no. UCF. It's not, not Frost. Know. It's uh, Charlie Strong. Is it Charlie Strong? No, he's at USF. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a joke. I don't remember. <laughs> They'll they'll be de- they'll be decent. Um, uh, Josh Hopel or something? I don't know. No, Josh Hypel. He led Heupel. Oklahoma to the '99 national championship. Josh Hypel is a goat. Let's go. But he he was Mizzou's OC last year. But we I don't see him beating Mike Norvell. Honestly, if Memphis has great quarterback play or or good quarterback play, I think they could get to ten. I really do. Like, I mean, they go to SMU late in the year, but who, who's coaching at SMU now after Chad Morris? They're down. Oh yeah, they're not. They're not <laughs> gonna. They're gonna have a bad season this year. And then Houston's coming to town last game of the year, and yeah, Ed Oliver's a Heisman candidate, but he's not good enough to to just single handedly beat Memphis on the D line. Is what I agree. I, I think we're going over on Memphis and mm-hmm. load up, boys. <laughs> load up. We'll be uh we'll be having special episodes for those Friday night games. I don't think they're winning the ten 
I, I don't think they're having a 10 win year after losing the guys they lost. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. So you wanted to, uh, after that, so uh, you wanted to touch on some Heisman, some Heisman votes or some Heisman odds. Uh, yeah. Know, we got popular, a few popular bets. Bet. I only noted a few that I guess some people would be interested to put some money down on. First off, um, I think the biggest favorite right now for the Heisman's Bryce Love, which I don't think is a surprise there, uh, running back for Stanford. The next one up there, and Bryce Love, by the way, it's plus 700, so that's not a bad 10 or 15 or even a $20 bet with, you know, little risk. He's going to be in the race. Um Jonathan Taylor, running back for Wisconsin. I think it's going to be a Pac-12 slash um, Pac-12 slash Big Ten type of year, at least from a Heisman standpoint. Um, another one to note is Jake Fromm, plus 1,500. Um, if they win 10, 11 games and take the team back to – potentially SEC championship, potentially getting a, a, a shoe in the playoffs. You could very well see him sitting on that that final setting. Um, I know Clay's laughing at that, thinking, eh, probably not. But um, <laughs> it's still worth a, a couple dollars here and there. And uh, Khalil Tate plus 1500 I'm going to go on the record and say Khalil Tate won't even get close. Um, he'll have a good year. But Arizona's got to win nine, ten games, and even for him to have that consideration, which won't happen. And just a funny one for Clay to trash on Shea Patterson a little bit. He's actually on the odds list at plus two thousand. Ooh, dark horse. Which, if you if you bet on that, just email, just mail through the United States Postal Service that we're still gracious to receive. Just mail your money to me. It, it'll go to the same cause. Hey, I don't know if uh, I don't know if you guys see this. I'm looking at the Bavada line or numbers right here. The that freshman QB at Clemson has higher odds than Kelly Bryant to win, uh, or better odds than Kelly Bryant to win the Heisman. Really? Is the he like, guy, Trevor Lawrence? Tre- Trevor Lawrence plus plus fifteen hundred. He's got like a better better than uh, like the Ohio State QB. J- uh, what is the freshman at, jo- at Georgia? Justin Harris. Like Justin he's Harris. competing for a job too. What is it? What are his odds? Uh, I don't see it. He's not even on there. I thought I saw. But him. he's like yeah. the. He's got the DeAndre number one Swift. Threat. I don't he's think got, I don't think a running back from there. I mean, they're going to have probably a couple other guys to get carries too. Um, I think the best bet is a, at the running back is either Bryce Love or the Haskin or the Dobbins guy at Ohio State. I could see. The QB, or I could see Haskins, the quarterback, or the running back, Dobbins from Ohio State, winning it. Especially, uh, I mean, we could we'll table this for another podcast, but especially if Urban Meyer gets fired uh, and uh, interim guy comes in and they go like eleven and one or something, pick one of those guys. I would agree, but yeah. I, I disagree on any chance of Urban Meyer getting fired. But <laughs> yeah, we'll just play that out, you know. Um, but I think the the dark horse of the pack, if I'm like looking at the plus three thousands and below, slip a little bit of Drew Lock. Yeah, he's plus, down there. Plus forty five hundred. Yeah, Fitzgerald 
Mike was the first first ever in podcast history of all time nominating a guy from Mizzou for Heisman. <laughs> podcast <laughs> went around when Chase Daniels was still roaming, right? No, I don't think we were recording during that time. Definitely not. He's a, uh, you know, Chase Daniels made like fifty million dollars in his career, and he's like started like one game. Has anybody ever been a better backup? I had a discussion with somebody recently about that. Has there ever been a better backup who's never had to answer the call than Chase Daniel? I don't think so. He's taken – I mean, there's somebody else I'm not thinking of, but now that he's just continuing his career with the Bears, I don't think there is anybody. It's it's, – he's one of a kind. Uh, but is there anybody – I mean, just real quick before we end, I know Ed Oliver's getting some pub and then Nick Bosa from Ohio State, two D linemen. Like, people love, like, hyping those guys up and inviting those guys. Clearly, they're not going to win. Like, I mean, so I guess the odds odds part doesn't matter. But if there was odds – like, I think we mentioned it earlier today, if there's odds on either of those guys going to New York, I'd like to see those odds because, like, I could see that happening just because they love to play that – you know, NCAA loves to do that stuff, you know. No, they do. I think, Ed Oliver, I think Ed Oliver is that good to get invited up there. But I don't think a defensive player would ever win it again because I think the no. uh, 96 deal with Charles Woodson was kind of a fraud. I think Peyton deserved that. But I think you got to give Ed Oliver a ton of love for being the first ever five-star to not go to a Power 5 school and stay in his hometown. I think – I know this doesn't go into the Heisman voting or anything, but I, I think that would mean a lot for just shunning the power fives and just staying at home. I, did, I don't think that would ever get talked about enough. Did you see the quote from like last week where he, I don't, I mean, I, I'm, I barely saw, I just saw a couple of uh, tweets about it from some uh, college football writers, but evidently he in an interview said he wishes he would have gone to LSU. <laughs> no, I, I read that exact article today and he said, I would have been a Louisiana which I've never heard that term in my life, and I grew up beside Louisiana. But I read that article, and he said if his brother wasn't in Houston, he would have not have gone to Houston. But I think it speaks a lot to a man for just – I know he's 18 years old and saying a lot for a man, but just to stay at home and be a five-star that kind of shunned the Power Five programs to just stay and rep what you know, I think that's awesome, and especially for what he's done because he beat Louisville – or no, he beat Oak, Florida State in the uh, Peach Bowl that year, and then he beat Oklahoma to open last season. I, I think that's, that's pretty awesome. You, you really can't replicate that anywhere, to be honest. No, especially, like, yeah, like, that's – especially, like, in his position and stuff, where, like, guys at those positions – like, you, you could see maybe a skill position guy going to stand at, at a smaller school to show out, but, like, you're not going to see a defensive guy like that. You know, they're going to usually go to your, 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 your blue-chip schools and whatnot. So, him staying there and, you know, I mean, he's going to be a top-ten pick if he doesn't get hurt. So, you know, that's, that's an awesome story. That's an awesome story. But I don't think there's anybody else noteworthy. You know, if I had to pick one person, like, to actually put money on, probably put uh, Khalil Tate right now. Uh, but looking into it a little more, we'll get, you know, we could – we'll mold this over the next couple of weeks and see what we want to do. Maybe some mid-season, uh, some mid-season talk on this as well after we see a couple, you know, non-conference schedules over. That sounds see good. Got, see who's got the numbers, the uh, the high flyer numbers. All right. We got to recap quick, but we got seven SEC schools to get over and unders in. Mike, we can't talk much now on them, but we got to get them in. 
All right, let's get them in then. Um, LSU, six and a half, over, under, just tell me. Over. I'll give them seven. I'll give them seven. I'm over, too. I just just think LSU, how can you not find a way to win seven? All right, Arky, Arkansas, over, under, six, with new coach Chad Morris. I'll take the under. That's a six-win I'm going over. I think it's a push. I'm going over. Yeah. I think they win exactly six. Well, give me if it's five first? and a half, give me over. If it's six and a half, give me under. That you know, that's how it is. No, yeah. it's six on it's six on the dot, like Ole Miss. Well, give me Bama over <laughs> ten and a half. You, you didn't. He so picked, what are you on Arkansas? Tell me. You're, you're said, you're I, I said under earlier. Okay. Yeah. All right. Bama over under ten and a half. Everybody, why would you not take over? Like, well, I mean, they go over every year. So, how in your right mind could you think that Saban's going to lose more than one regular season game? Right. When the SEC West isn't isn't even that good. I mean, LSU sucks. Auburn's decent, right? And they're legitimately probably going to play like at least in the you know probably in the in the SEC title game and then the bowl in another bowl game. So they're winning. They're winning eleven games. I mean, all right, Auburn, eight and a half. I got over, Mike. Auburn? Mm, I'm going over, too. Yeah, over. They're beating us. All right, next one we got Tennessee, five and a half. I'm going under. I got a friend real close to the program I grew up with who he likes what Pruitt is doing. He follows the program every day. But he just thinks it's a tough schedule this year, and he's going under five and a half. So I'm going under it, riding with my buddy. Man, you were feeling them when you saw that line. I remember you and I. Feels like '98. Come on out. Uh, It's not '98 anymore, Mike. No, it's not. I think five and a half. They've got five on their schedule. They could win, but under. (sighs) Say it. (sighs) Over. Going over. Oh! They're going to slip one. They're going to slip one. Is it 98 in Mike Powell's house? It's 98 in the Powell house. I'm going to Knoxville. I'm going to witness the Florida-Tennessee game. That's where I'm going to see that six win right there. Boom. You just had to say over so Blake will talk to you that whole trip to Knoxville. (laughs) Pretty much. As he wears orange in the player, the Florida players section. God. Who's All next? right, enough about the uh, Rocky Top. Let's go Florida, seven and a half. I'm going under on Muschamp's first – or not Muschamp, Mullen. Oof. But same result. <laughs> same result. And oh, yeah. yeah, he's going to be a classic seven and five team once again. Give me the under. Yeah, I'd probably go under. I mean – We're not going to talk about a team for too long, but, like, how hard is that Florida job if everybody in the state is clicking? I mean, if Miami's good with Rick and Florida State's good with uh, – help me out, J-Mac, right here with the Oregon. That's the guy from from Oregon. Um, Oregon, yeah, who was at Western Kentucky. Who starts with a T, doesn't it? Oh, that's making me – Yeah, Taggart. Taggart, yeah, Taggart. Willie Taggart, yeah. Yeah, if he's got it rolling at Florida State and and Rick's kind of going at Florida, 
Florida, I mean, at Miami, it's kind of tough to play catch up in that whole world because he's struggling right now in the recruiting. Oh, he's getting killed in recruiting. Yeah. But, I but mean, that's – We'll just go under under seven and a half this year. Under. All right. Next up, we got Will Muschamp's Red Hot Gamecocks from South Carolina. Last year, this was my lock of the century. Five and a half. They won seven. My boy Mize from South Carolina, shout out to him. He told me about this lock all offseason. And this year it's seven and a half. And the team is better, but seven and a half is a lot to ask for out of Will Muschamp. Too much, in my opinion. Seven and a half. I'm keeping it seven. I'll, I'll go under. I'm, I'm going under as well because – I feel like Muschamp's best years, even though one year at Florida he went 10-2 and two with Jeff Driscoll, Muschamp's never better than 8-4. and four. And let's be honest, that's how Carolina team's not even that good. No. They've got five right. lockdowns, but that's – I give them six and six or seven five. Yeah, that, that's it. Like, we're not worried about South Carolina. All right, we got yeah. two more from the SEC East starting with Derek Mason and his doors, Vandy at four, and I'm going under. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's the push, if anything, but you're putting a gun to my head here, under. I'm going over. Five wins, they can do that. Just, oh, Jacob see. going over on Vandy? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. That's, yeah they're, 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 they're winning four games. I mean, the they're doors. winning five. five. I wish you could tell me which five. Uh, first, like, the first five games of the year. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They're playing Notre they're gonna, Dame. I just saw they're going to win in South Bend, sure. I just saw that they're playing Notre Dame. I'm going to stick by it, though. Yeah. I'm going to stick by it, though. No, no. Look, look up the schedule real fast, Jacob. I we want to hear these five. I, I did. I, I didn't realize Notre Dame was game three. No, nah, he's so, locked um, in the over. We're he's locked, locked in, though. In. I'm, I'm not going to get back on it. I'm not going to go back on it. If they're, they're winning. <laughs> I right. want to hear the five. Let's, Georgia let's Tech. No, Flintshurst. Uh, no. Middle Tennessee, Nevada, South Carolina, Tennessee State, and Kentucky. Damn, you're giving them that, that South Carolina game? Yeah, I'm giving them South Carolina game at home. A must champ slip. Uh, right. can, we, can we place a wager on this game? First live wager placed on the pod. I'll take Carolina in that game, no matter – money line, no matter what. How much? I'll take it for 50. First pod bet of the year. First pod. I got I got, I got you on that. I'll match you 50. I love it. Just $50. I love it. $50, $50 money no line. You heard yeah, it here, folks. 50. J-Max says Vanderbilt outright wins at home against South Carolina Gamecocks. Week four. <laughs> week Let's three. Go. Well, yeah, week four. I mean, it's they got wins been. after that, but they don't have a lot of wins. I told you the five. I told you the five. It's happening. That's the upset. Yeah. That's yeah. the most doable one, I guess, besides – Kentucky. Well, they got Kentucky's – Kentucky's win five. Win number five. Well, let's just assume they don't beat South Carolina. The other one would be Ole no, Miss just because they it's – Let's it's assume a week. they do, Mike. Okay. <laughs> $50. <laughs> Go ahead and give it to them now. That way we can All right. finish this off. All right. <laughs> Georgia 10 and a half. Clay, who you got? Is there, are, they, are they going back to the playoff? 
Honestly, I, I studied it three different times today, and I even got my roommate, the IQ himself, Ryan McDermott, involved in this. And I just don't see him losing two games. I, Mike, do you see that? I'm, I'm looking at it now. Um, I don't see it. I think the only the only the only L I can see they'll take is Auburn, maybe. And if you can work up a second loss, I mean it's it's got to be a huge upset against an early South Carolina team, or I mean they could stumble it at home Carolina. against Florida, losing the cocktail party. I think it's an over two. I'm going eleven. I can see him getting. The, the, I can see him getting the eleventh win in the bowl game too. I mean, yeah, they do have a bye week before that cocktail party, so. And I, it's, I just don't see it because they they got the benefit of the doubt in getting. Uh, who did they get as their second West opponent this year? They got LSU and Auburn, obviously, but they get Auburn at home. And going on the road at LSU is not the same this year as it has been, you know, granted on what Edward Ron's going to do. But even losing at Auburn at home is questionable. So, I mean, you'd have to have two games go wrong for them to lose two. So, I, I think we're on the overtrain on that, to be completely honest. We are. Yeah. I think so, too. Well, that wraps up uh, the SEC, right? So – we might uh, we might dabble in some other ones. Like if we're going to record next week, we could, uh, you know, a couple of noteworthy teams across the country. I know you had Texas written down. Mike, we could get into a couple of those uh, next time. We could throw on some uh, miscellaneous conference conference teams. Yeah, just kind of a little bit of like what we see what we see happening. Maybe some first weekend games, some neutral site games, and stuff like that. Yeah, that's where we'll go. Yeah. But any other closing uh, comments from you guys? I think it was pretty good. Give me the lock of the futures. The lock of the futures is A and M under seven. Bold move. Half. You 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 led up to that. You made us wait for that. I did. Whatever. That's if, money, Mike. For if you. Mike is stepping out on the line, if Mike is throwing out a lock of the future then I'm just taking the biggest lock of all time and going Bama over ten and a half. And for the listeners out there, you place whatever confidence you have on either one of those. And we'll see what happens at the end of the year. We'll be here. We'll take I'll, we'll, I'll we'll, second that Bama one. <laughs> oh Mike just trying to jump on the bandwagon now. Trying to change his bet. I said I approved this message. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh well anyway guys, uh that was a good one. We uh, kind of covered the SEC, hitting some stuff. But this is going to be something we're going to do consistently. Uh, I mean, the plan is weekly throughout the fall uh, with Mike and Clay. Um, as far as it goes, let us know how. Uh, let us know what you think. We'll be posting it on, you know, iTunes, SoundCloud, and all that good stuff. Um, we'll have a website up soon with some some new stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll have some more news on that later. Me and Blake are getting it together. Uh, you can obviously find our old stuff at Boise Buckets. But uh, any if there's no comments from you guys, I appreciate you. Uh, jumping on this. This is fun. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, boys. Yes, sir. All right. We'll see you next time. Peace.